The magic of music is its power to connect, to inspire and cross borders. However, most music nowadays is consumed through playlists created by algorithms. And these playlists, they tend to keep us in our bubble and withhold us from experiencing new sounds. In this podcast series, we introduce you to musicians you might have never heard of. This is Music Meetup. Welcome to Music Meetup, the podcast by the Music Meeting Festival. Music Meetup is based on a concert by two artists. They are invited to join forces in a spontaneous and sometimes even improvised collaboration. In this podcast, we get to know the people behind the music. Our talks are just as improvised as the concerts, so we've put a big bowl with questions on the table that can take us anywhere and everywhere. My name is Rufeida Abutaleb. I'm an artist and the host of this show. In this episode, we meet drummer and percussionist Joran Vroom. He is known for his skills in West African music and jazz and is currently working on a solo project. His musical meetup is with Rory Ronde a guitarist, songwriter and producer known for playing with Wouter Hamel and New Cool Collective, amongst other projects. Hello. Hey. Hi. <laughs> How are you guys? How was your show this afternoon? What's your answer to that, Rory? Very cool and adventurous. That's about right, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for having us. We had fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah, had a lot fun. of fun. It yeah. was fun for us too. We have really enjoyed listening to you and watching you. Thank you. Communicate on stage. But this wasn't the first time you met, right? Can you maybe, do you remember when it was the first time that you played or saw each other for the first time? Well, actually, really the first time is very long ago because I can remember, uh, I don't know how old you were, but maybe eight or nine, you were already playing and you were in an event. I was there with my dad, who's a steel drum player. You mean Panama? Yeah, no. Panama. That's a, you were there? Yeah, I was there. Whoa. But that's really like ages ago. This is uh, 2000, 2001. Man. Yeah, <laughs> see, you don't even remember. Huh? That's that's actually the first time that we kind of met. And no, I remember that, that day and that place perfectly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what, I was do there you, too. Do you remember what you first thought, Rory, when you saw? <sighs> Incredibly talented guy. It was like he and was he was pro- eight. You were like a child. Something like that, right? Or or something, or something yeah. like this. Yeah. Playing uh, drums, but in a way that's really, it was really great. Ah, I remember. Yeah. 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 I think you were playing a Caseco style thing. Yes. Yes. And it was mind blowing. I mean, it's that to just play that as a drummer, it doesn't matter what age you are, it's, it's a challenge. 
and he was really shining while doing it. Oh, what kind of music is that? The, uh, it's a music from Suriname. Yeah, Surinamese folk yeah. music, the most popular form. Yeah. But what's your first memory of Rory? That must be a bit later then, maybe. Well, um, my first memory of Rory is not really a, a physical memory. It's, uh, you know, when I started, um, let's say professionally, 2008, you know, his name was uh, really around. I mean, I think uh, you were still going by your... Uh, uh, my alias, yes, you're, Kofi Anonymous. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. hearing about this guy <laughs> all the time. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Docs was pretty big then. Right, the label, the yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, so I, I think you played with everybody involved. Yeah. So True. that's my first memory hearing about Rory, uh, hearing his player, name, hearing yeah, his name. Yeah. You know, at the time you were hearing names, so these names must have meant something. Uh, and then you know, recently we started performing uh, a bit more often. Yeah, because you are you are both sidekicks often in in projects of others. Yes, yeah, side side men. Yeah. Um. You know, and then of course there's a point where um it's really hard to not know anyone. So if you're in the same scene, then you yeah. probably see each other around backstage. Yeah, there's always some kind of combination of people, and you know, and then hey man, you're playing here. Also, when you're at a festival, you see all kinds of bands, and it's always well-known guys there you know yeah. so uh but the recently we've been playing with uh benjamin herman yes indeed that's actually our yeah we really did the together. quartet stuff yeah uh there's actually quite a nice uh recording on youtube of us playing in dembos yeah right yeah uh, um it's the hammond the hammond quartet yeah, we'll try and find that link and put it in the show notes. <laughs> no, well, not <laughs> yeah, it was a but cool that's, set, that's yeah. true. I remember that festival jazz. Yeah, that was a nice loud, one. Loud stuff. Cool. Uh, so you guys, you are, you have been on the same stage together as yeah. sidemen to, yeah. for yeah. example, Benjamin Herman. How was today different from that? How uh, how did you experience collaborating today? Well, we're each other's sidemen today, mm. so was the first time we actually played in, 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 in this format. So, uh, well, as a matter of fact, there's a bit of a false uh, um, advertisement going on. Uh, Rory plays on my record, so he does a bit there. Yeah. Mm. He made a contribution to my record as well, you know, because... So what's false ad advertisement in this then? That I have a record. It's a sneaking <laughs> adver a sneak advertisement. Yeah, but, okay, uh, <laughs> no, the, uh, but... Um, uh, no, the, the, the difference now is that we're not... Uh, we're, we're equals. I mean, we're equals anyway, but yeah. you know, we have to put in musically. Uh, yeah, musically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and also, the, of course, the big difference is that we didn't have a repertoire today. Usually, you have, you know, with all the groups that we're playing, or if it's your own record, you have a set of songs, and then you're gonna play it. And within those songs, because I think we both have jazz. Uh, you know the jazzy way of making music so there's a lot of improvisation but that's always in a fixed thing and now it was totally yeah free we yeah, yeah we, we agreed to not prepare anything no just and see what happens uh, yeah
Rory, would you like to grab your first question from the bowl? Oh, that's exciting. Let's uh, let's see. Okay, let me take this one. How do new ideas, sounds, or concepts come to life? Well, actually, what happened today is a good example. Is that you just have your instrument, and there's a certain input from your surrounding, and in this case, the input was your rounds playing. You know, you was playing a really cool groove. And immediately then you have a feeling you can do something on that. So so if I, if I talk about it in general, it's you get inspired by something. It can be the sounds that you hear outside. It can be a situation where you're in or a certain emotional state. Sometimes it can be something really technical, like a concept of skills or harmonies that you're working on. Uh, and that's for me how it works, you know. And then I'm just going to sit down and make something up and with uh, what we were doing today that's really a direct way because you already have a rhythm you have a groove so it's like a train that you hop on and you have to go with it you know? but the rhythm has to come from somewhere because before yeah. uh, you started playing it on there was nothing so how 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 does that go um it's kind of the same you know the inspiration comes from uh, multiple uh, aspects that are not necessarily musical But um, you know, with with rhythms, it's 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 basically you know the the the. Well, you create um, you if you're interested in in what you're doing musically, if you're interested in rhythm, there's a bunch of there's 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 uh, centuries of music you can relate to, centuries of uh, not centuries but 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 many many cultures that you can, um, go to and uh, get inspiration. Or you study, and I've spent uh, quite an amount on trying to translate certain folkloric rhythms, maybe uh, Afro-Caribbean or West African, or you know some Middle Eastern stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of um, Moroccan, Algerian type of folklore as well, uh, and you you try to to translate those rhythms. To, for the drum set so and then you know being uh, in this uh, uh, genre of music where there's a lot of room for creativity creativity uh, improvisation you start as uh, that 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 becomes the 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 base of whatever you're trying to play at least that's how it works for me you know and And where does your your fascination for these region regions and the music from these regions where does it come from um well With the Afro-Caribbean stuff, it's it's quite simple. That's 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 where I'm from. You know, that's part of my heritage. Uh, and it's always, I guess, with everything, it's it's uh, you know experiencing the um, all, all these things in the social context that really make makes you. I mean, I have fond memories of Caribbean music. I have fond memories of jazz music. I have fond memories of music in general. Um, but also, you know. Um, traveling to Morocco or traveling to Turkey or, you know, and, and, and experiencing uh, music in a social context, seeing how both things relate to each other. They're not separate. They're the same. They belong to each other. Uh, the joy that people take out of it, because, you know, uh, music, especially on our level, it tends to become something uh, of a science sometimes, you know, um, which is all good. Uh, but then it's nice to 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 see how people enjoy music on a just on a human level 
know, without the knowledge of meters, harmony, theory, just people hear a beat and they relate to it. They enjoy it. So that's where the fascination comes from. You know, I would like to be able to do the same on top of the musical knowledge that I have. Yeah, so to humanize it and to to keep making connections to an audience that, that maybe doesn't understand the scientific part of what you're doing, but does Yeah, I mean, mo- most people it. don't understand. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, people react to music emotionally. So that's the, the uh, it's not a trick. That's the, that's the um, what's a good word? Help me out. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what you mean. Yeah, well, right? yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, it's, I, it's, I made my point, right? Yeah, yeah, it's actually, I think the source of music making is because it has such an um, emotional effect. Yeah. You know, and that you have a skill as an artist to move that around, to move somebody yourself. That is one of the nicest things about music. Are you ready to grab your first question from the bowl? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go for this one because they're all good so far. Which encounter or meeting in life has impacted your music the most? Um, several. It's not just one. Pick one. Ooh. It's a difficult one. Yeah, because it's not just a it's not an not just a one thing encounter. Because honestly, you know, I it happens almost every day that I that I encounter something that that has impact on my musical development. Uh, if I have to pick one, I mean, the thing that really, you know, that really was a real big thing to me was meeting Winter Marsalis the first time in the. Uh, well, I would say Philharmonic Amsterdam Philharmonic, but it's just Concertgebouw, so. Everybody knows Concertgebouw. So it was the Concertgebouw. Um, in 97, he was doing his uh, Blood on the Fields oratorium. And um, I got to meet him afterwards. But who is this guy? Tell us about him. All right. So um, Winton Marsalis is probably the, the most important guy in jazz for the last 35 or 40 years. He has done um, almost... He has devoted his entire career to, you know, um, uh, protecting the heritage of, of, of Afro-American culture because jazz is actually Afro-American culture. What what inspires me? What He's my example because he is very devoted to his cause uh, next to being an outstanding trumpet player because he is a trumpet player for those who don't know him, which would surprise me, but he's an outstanding trumpet player and has devoted his life his career to preserving um, a pivotal, uh, a very important part of Afro-American culture. And that is uh, very inspiring. What struck you most about meeting him backstage? Well, it was the first, it was, uh, it's a bit of a uh, story, but it's, it's probably the first concert that I remember seeing. Uh, not young? this specific concert, but I saw him at the North Sea when I was a very, yeah, like a, a kid, kid, like 93. This is, um, I must have been two years old. And we had the record. We had records. 
Um, and then he came and it was a big surprise. It was like uh, by 97, I was five. And um, my mother told me we were going to see the concert. It was just like, you know, for some people, uh, it might be similar to, you know, meeting Michael, seeing going to see a Michael Jackson concert at the, uh, one of his big tours. It was the same for me. To me, it was the same. And then uh, to actually meet him afterwards made my day. Uh, and again, to, to, he is my main example. I mean, uh, I won't be preserving jazz as he did, but uh, I will be very devoted to my cause because of him and because of other people. Um, and your cause is the same cause? No, it's not not the same cause. But I will be. Uh, I, I will do my best to preserve the 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 um, to keep improvisational music going. I will. That's what I will do to the end of you know till my time is up, yeah. for sure. Mm. What about you, Rory? What was your encounter? Well, it's the same thing. That it's not just one encounter, but um, I was. Uh, I had a period when I was. Just leaving high school, I was totally into Steve Coleman. Steve Coleman is also a very influential American uh, musician. He's a saxophone player, uh, and uh, but with him, he he he's looking into more kind of um, really far back into uh, Egypt and using mathematical proportions in his music which is also actually in the African tradition, but he's doing that in a specific way. And his music sounds really funky, but also really adventurous. And in the 90s, I was totally into him. And then it came to a point where I visited his concert, which was mind-blowing. And I went backstage and he was like, hey, if you want to see more, just come visit me in Belgium. We have a gig. And so I hung out with those guys and it was like, wow, incredible. He was really a master of the instrument. He's a great saxophone player, but also his musical um, consciousness and his concepts are so original and so far out. I was like really impressed by that. And that influenced my music making also. So I'm always busy with kind of rhythmic stuff, you know. The The instrument that I play, the guitar, is a harmony instrument, but I actually use it more as a kind of percussive instrument. So uh, and Steve is one of the people who really influenced me on that. It's a question. It's an open question, which yeah. is hard to answer. Yeah, because like, like like you said, you can meet someone every day, and uh, it has impact on your. Yeah. But if you're talking memories and uh, whatever, what's stuck with you? This this yeah. Yeah, this is one of those moments that you were like, wow, okay. I, I was expecting questions like, when did you start playing? And, <laughs> like those things. Yeah, they're going in depth here. Rory, there's more. Yeah, grab another one. So the question is, what challenges did you face in collaborating together? Well, yeah, it's... uh, Actually, I wouldn't say there's no challenge. It's just, um, you know, in, in the way I understand this question, it's like maybe a challenge as it, as an obstacle, but that was not there. It was more, yeah, how free can we be together? That's the only thing, actually, that was going on. So, uh, and it's so, uh, 
in the moment that, yeah, I couldn't, can't even say what it is. You know, I have a kind of memory of what we played, but it, yeah, it's, it's almost like liquid. It's just gone. You know, it happens and then it's over. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't really, I wouldn't yeah, be able to may, answer that. Maybe the only challenge is, but it's not uh, in a negative way, is the challenge is to um, accept, especially if you just, if the approach is open improvisation, is you have to accept, you know, that uh, you have to accept the process. Maybe that's the, that's the yeah. right word. You have to accept the process. So um, my personal approach is always to, you know, make sure that you keep, uh, that you always keep your focus on development uh and uh but at the same time accept that you know uh, uh an idea that you might have might not work out or it's not working out the way you perceived it then the, the challenge here is to overcome this and continue playing uh and then this you know this that's in the moment thing happens you yeah. know where you have to adapting adapt so it's it's uh, that's the challenge but uh, i would say challenge in a uh Was it meant as an obstacle challenge or a positive challenge? No, not necessarily. It's what it it's means. It's the way you interpret yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's that that's, that's the challenge that yeah. you have to accept. Uh, the, you have to accept the unknown, which sounds very, um, <laughs> you know, we all know how it sounds. But you have to accept the. It's really what it is. You know. So it's like we started from scratch. Because uh, I, there were some points in the in the. I, I remember now that there were some moments in the concert when I heard you. Uh, cry out some frustrated cries, like ah. Well, yeah, that. Might what does that mean? What's what's happening when that happens? <laughs> well, that has to do with with mechanical stuff. You know, the, the hardware um, is sort of failing on me oh, yeah, just okay. for a second. <laughs> uh, or uh, you know, I use my wallet to as a, uh, as damping. Muff muffler. Muffler as a muffler, and um, it fell. So that's ah. That's annoying. <laughs> Are you are you guys always comfortable with accepting the process and and being kind of like artistically butt naked and just no? That, let's if I speak for myself, that is a process of years because when I was younger, like in my twenties, I was a totally different guy, also personally. So I was really into the technicality of guitar and. I had all these dogmas of how it has to be, you know, all these rules. My heroes were playing in a certain way, so I should play like that too. And then when you fail at it, you were frustrated. So I've had that whole journey, you know, of being a really snob, yeah, how do you call that? Snobistic musician, like, no, I don't like that music, that's not good. Really terrible, actually. And then I let that go after a while, and now I'm more in the moment and just enjoying playing sounds and music and it doesn't matter actually even what style it is of course you have technical things you want to be able to do and it doesn't always work out but it's more playful you know it's like a game and that's how I experienced also making music with Joran that it's you're enjoying you know what the other person is doing so wow that groove or that beat is what is he doing and then oh but I also have to add something to that so let's try this and It's like do you recognize cooking. do you recognize this Johan? this yes thing of, of course of self acceptance yeah I I I am um, I recently starting embracing that uh, theory more and more and um, what it did 
for me it um it opened up my playing um i think a lot of musicians can relate to the fact that you know you start for instance a solo or a song you want to play you want to play this specific thing in a song and it by the time you're you know you were supposed to play you forgot all about the idea that you had and then you might start looking for it and looking for it and then you, your attention drifts away from the actual performance so um seeing a few people play in a certain way and actually um i think a big moment was seeing a, a drummer that recently passed away he's the one on the he was on the forefront of the avant-garde movement his name is milford graves uh he's all about that acceptance and um uh in the moment mm-hmm. um but there's also kind of like a contradiction in this right trying to be the best doing the thing you do and accepting your flaws like how how do you you have no this it's not it's not to me it's not a contradiction because if you accept your flaws you know um uh you, you know the the progress that you have to make you know there's stuff you can do at this point there's a lot of stuff that i can play even more that i cannot um knowing this makes my life easier because i know what to work on and i know what to uh Uh, the, and I know that, that there are certain things that I have to that I need to stay in shape for you know uh, let's um, get on with our final question fondest memory to an instrument is there a particular instrument you've ever ha- had in your hands or, th- or that you uh, owned that was important to you or is are the instruments just materials that don't mm, I'm not a big material guy so there's not a specific instrument that I hold dear um, but I have to, I have to really Fondest memory. No, not the fondest memory. It's not really a memory, but I do own a specific snare drum. Uh, this is actually sort of kind of full circle that belonged to possibly the greatest classical drummer that lived. His name was, uh, they called him Copy. Um, if I'm not mistaken, his full name was Franklin, Franklin Ardin. And I got to see him uh, on several occasions. And... Uh, Well, I, I own one of his snare drums now. I think it was given to me. So fondest memory. Well, it's not necessarily a fondest memory, but it's a thing that has a great value. I never use it. It's just in my house. Is there a reason why you haven't used it? No, no specific reason. I should maybe once. but The moment will come. The moment <laughs> will come, yes. That's another... Um, time will come. Yes, another yeah. life coach <laughs> sentence. Right here at the table, yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. No, there's no no particular fun memories of certain instruments. Just nice experiences. I mean, fun memories to me relate to like uh, weird situations at gigs that happened or, you know, the occasional just complete, I don't know, just weird situations. Or maybe, look, I have fun memories of traveling uh, that is music related, like weird travels or, you know, like uh, just... Uh, My colleagues and I 
having to go through the weirdest travel schedule that you can imagine and just that that's what I have fun memories of mm. not so much the instrument per se so nice yeah Can I share a little something myself with you yeah, guys? Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm actually also a musician uh, and I I started playing music on the violin because my, my parents made me play the violin. Okay. Because, you know, it grows your brains and a lot of sophistication. And, mm. So I started playing the violin and I started to hate it because I wasn't allowed to create on it. I was only supposed to play yeah. the music that was written. So I actually grew to hate it and then I put it in a in a closet and I never opened it again. And uh, now it's hanging in my room on a on a hook, and always when I wa- look at it, I'm so thankful that my parents made me do that because it made me realize that I wanted to be a creator, yeah, and not yeah, yeah, just yeah. a perform, not like, just a, like excellent on the instrument, but yeah. that I wanted to to make my own songs and to make my own. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah. And how was the 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 snobistic twenty year old Rory when it came to his gear? Are you like? Uh, are you the? Are you the? Yeah, I like gear. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of guitars and uh, also a lot of other instruments. I started playing guitar on acoustic guitar, and then I got an electric, and I got my my brother, my older brother is also a guitar player, and he gave his old amp to me. So then I plugged in my guitar, and it was like, wow, it sounded so good to my ear, and I was kind of enchanted by it. So that was a really fond memory and uh, I still have the guitar also I don't play on it a lot but that feeling like hey I'm I'm on an other level now it's a different sound that was what I really liked so um, there was that and I also have um, actually another guitar and this one that I play a lot with when I checked it out the first time in the guitar shop I was immediately in love with it and I think I kept playing it for a year every time I visited I tried it again And then the guy said, man, why don't you just buy the guitar? I mean, it's clearly meant for you. So, uh, yeah, eventually I did and uh, it became my main guitar. I had a lot of problems with it, a lot of technical issues, but it's still it's still one of the guitars that people, sometimes they don't recognize me, but they recognize the, the guitar, guitar because I performed so many times with it. So mm. uh, still, yeah, really fond of that one. I'll never sell it. Thank you guys so much for your time and you're really profound answers to our questions (laughs) thanks and for your music thank you this was an episode of the music meetup podcast please find the full concert and more information about the music meeting festival program on musicmeeting.nl make sure to hit the subscribe button to get updates on the show my name is Rufeda And this podcast is produced by Dag en Nacht Media and Music Meeting. Thanks for listening and until next time.